All right. So we're here with Kylie Parks, who uh, won in the fantasy category over at the Best Customs Contest. And um, if you have not seen the amazing koi fish, um, you should go to Facebook right now and look up for some pictures. Um, so, But Kylie, can you tell us a little bit about why why a koi fish and kind of what went into making him? um well i think i kind of for a little bit got slightly burnt out on just doing just straight realistic equine 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 um and i just needed a little creative break and kind of to recharge my battery and my little creative spirit so uh, i've always loved koi just the colors they come in it just almost reminds me of like the overo tovero tobiano things the all the things that they can come in so um, I just loved the idea of doing something completely out of my comfort zone that would challenge me and either be really rewarding at the end or make me want to kill myself. But um, <laughs> either way, it would be a learning experience and something different. And it ended up working out fairly well. And I'm, I couldn't be happier with um, the whole process more than anything. Um, it was really about the journey and not so much the destination. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I just took the Briar Desitato, ripped them apart. There was foam, wire, magic sculpt, um, welding, sheet metal, anything I can get my hands on that I thought might work. Some of it did, some of it didn't. But um, ultimately, it was, it was just a really fun process for me. So how long did it take for you to put him together? Well, kind of looking back through my photos, I, the foam tail initial photo was September of last year. So I'm sure I was just a little bit riding that Briarfest high of last year. And so picked up um, some materials to start him then. So, you know, 10 months roughly, but it was on and off. I would put him down. I'd hate him, love him, walk away. Um, you know, it wasn't just nonstop, but it was... A long time. <laughs> Probably longer than it took to cook my children, you know, <laughs> in my womb. <laughs> so. Uh, so I know there's a lot of engineering involved in that piece, and he comes apart so that he travels safely. Was that part of the plan initially with him, or was this something you kind of had to sort of build on the fly, or how did that all come about? Well, um, many of you don't know, but last year I shipped out my giant toadstool from California, and he broke so I had to repair him the night before the custom contest. So just my, I, I just overbuild everything now and I want everything to break apart and travel safely. And that's been like my biggest inspiration, my like foundation for everything I do now because the heartbreak of opening that box and seeing just a dangling leg is nothing you ever want to see. So yeah, and I love the idea of magnets. I love that it breaks apart. Um, but still keeps that, you know, light feel to it. So it was just a necessary thing that had to be done because I couldn't handle another, <laughs> another <laughs> bits of pieces coming apart. So, yeah, I, I knew from the get-go that there was going to be pieces that would come down for sure. And how does it feel to win two years <laughs> in a row? You know, um, it's... I, I've kind of been saying this on and off, but he's he was a gift within himself to myself just completing him because it was so hard and so uh, just nothing I'd ever done. So winning was just a bonus on top of everything else that went into creating him. Um, 
yeah, it, it was it was special, but I love just mainly sharing it with all of my friends that I got to have around me and um, Pete, who came out to, who drove it out here. So probably the reason that it's still in one piece. <laughs> so that was my favorite part, just sharing it with everyone. All right, well, uh, do you have plans for next year? <laughs> um, to attend Briarfest, yes. <laughs> what will be on the agenda? I have no idea. Uh, I think I a little bit overextended myself this year, so we'll see. I don't have anything currently on my mind, but um, I mean, I, I'm sure a few nights of sleep will help me <laughs> come up with some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely want to make something, but who knows what. Who knows at this point? <laughs> Recovery time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Kylie. Um, have a good trip home. Thank you. Safe travels. Hi, everybody. This is Heather. And this is Jackie. And welcome to uh, Mirrors of Black, the podcast for hobbyists by hobbyists. Woo-hoo. So it's <laughs> it's the middle of the night in New Jersey. Yes, it is. Or We've very had, early in the morning. We're still having technical problems, but <laughs> we are determined to bring this awesome hobby to you. That's like, right. Feel our pain. Because we're still not done talking about Briarfest. We're well, still not done talking about Briarfest. <laughs> we will never be done talking about Briarfest. No, just Briarfest all the time. All the time. S- all the time. So this is part two. Uh, we covered the first... Uh, uh, we covered Nan last week, the North yep. American Nationals, and we covered the Thursday uh, festivities um, and the opening of Artisans Gallery. But we're still going to talk about Artisans Gallery. It, there's um, a lot to talk about with yeah, Artisans Gallery. Uh, yeah, as Artisans you just heard, Gallery. yeah, you just heard uh, Kylie Parks talk about her uh, well-deserved victory uh, for most extreme, or was it fantasy? <laughs> it was fantasy. It was fantasy. Sorry, apologies, Kylie. So. So, yeah, so we've got all in this show. We're going to be sprinkling those interviews throughout uh, the podcast. We got all five winners. Um, we're really proud of that. Uh, Kylie actually brought us coffee and came to that our hotel a- room on Sunday. <laughs> she came like, back. I was like, <laughs> Kylie, you're the only one we don't have. So it was like total emotional blackmail. <laughs> so, so, uh, so the last show was kind of serious. Uh, yeah. we, we got a little po- political. Uh, this show, we're going to try and be a lot lighter. Uh, yeah, well, there's less to be political. Yes, about on exactly. Show. Exactly. <laughs> this is the fun, the fun part. Uh, uh, the first thing I want to talk about before we go into to the the, fu- the fun stuff. This is fun for me, and I'm a, a social media nerd. <laughs> Heather's a big nerd for this. So, nerd, you know, she I'm might- looking, I ride these metrics from the show. <laughs> Like she sends me updates through the week. (laughs) (laughs) So we got, so I I guess I should open them with that. We got two new, two new countries. We got New Zealand. Yep. uh, And we got Finland, Finland, Finland. (laughs) Apologies to Finland for the fish slapping song. (laughs) Uh, But so we're super excited about that. The other thing I want to talk about is the way that the metrics are setting up. We've got four shows in. So we've got um, history, if you will, for the last uh, month and a half. And if your show is not popular, you start to flatline. Uh, Shows start catching up with the older shows and you start to see um, leveling off. We are not seeing that. Our shows are still stair stepping, which means the first show, <clears throat> first show, pardon me, is staying 
as much in front out of the shows that follow it by an even margin, which means it's still getting new listens and they're all growing. So that's super thrilling. It means we're getting new users uh, or listeners. Um, The other part of that is um, the shows are tracking, especially the last one. Uh, Usually you have, just like with movies, when they open, you have this huge peak and then a big drop off. And for the last show or the last show's debut, this includes all the shows for the last four days, we've dropped halfway to 50 percent and we have stayed there. So usually it just gutters after the first or second day and we're just staying level. So bravo to everybody for for listening. I'm spreading the word. I'm just so excited. Um, (laughs) And I think, you know, there's a reason we've had some very kind of high profile call outs from Christina Riley at C. Riley uh, Equine Mm -hmm. Art, Aaron Corbett at Corbett Saddles, uh, uh, Rachel Alford at The Road to Briarfest has been a huge proponent of the show and uh, Jennifer Buxton at Premier Saturday. So we want to thank them for promoting the show without any, you know, just because they enjoy it. So thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate that. Yay. Yay. Okay. Now that I've nerded out, uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about Maggie or should I? I, I think I, I got to make sure I understand exactly what we messed up with Maggie. So Maggie um, Barkowitz and her story of Widowmaker last time, uh, apparently we messed, we messed, we messed up some a lot detail. of it up. <laughs> oh, we did. That's lovely. Well, so, um, so Widowmaker was never sold. That was okay. the, the, like that she was wasn't the little up. match girl selling her favorite horse. Like she didn't <laughs> sell Widowmaker. He's never left her. Um, the the horse she did sell was uh, Sadie, who uh, uh, was a Lynn Fraley custom glaze. Oh, okay. Um, she sold that to Marilyn, and Marilyn sold it back to her. But it was completely separate of Widowmaker, who was her favorite horse in the whole world. Oh, okay. So I, the, I remember the sale going back and forth though too. So that's yeah. where I got. Confused. Well, I mean, but we all do it. We sell, yeah. except for you, black hole head. We all sell stuff, and then we're like, "Damn it! Why did that's I sell why that?" I have a, that's why it's a black hole. I don't have that regret. <laughs> <laughs> you can live a life without regret. You also, you also have no guest rooms because of that. <laughs> I wouldn't have guest rooms anyway. I don't like people. <laughs> At any rate, she she also didn't have Widowmaker in hand when we recorded that tale of of victory. (laughs) So we could have done gone through all that and he could have gotten lost again. But he's not. He's home today. He is home today and she's been celebrating. So congratulations. Yay, Maggie Widowmaker. Yay. There was much rejoicing. Was much rejoicing. It was a good thing. Okay. Good time. Yes. All right. Moving on. Okay, moving on. So we also um, did want to send out kind of a formal invite to Sarah Parr. We would like to sit down and talk to you about um, Nan and NAMSA and kind of what your vision is. Um, I realize it's it could be interpreted that we were a little critical. We were, last we were a little critical. Well, we were and, a little critical. And that's okay. Um, but, but you know, what we should have done is an extended an invitation then. Right. So we apologize for that, Sarah. That's yeah. not fair to you. So here's our invitation. Here's so we, our invitation. We hope we hear from you. Yep. Yay. All right. So for the for the rest of Briarfest Nan, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to hit Artisans Hall with a focus on the custom contest. Briarfest mm-hmm. Live. Mm-hmm. The auction. 
the kids show, the raffle stuff, and whatever else we <laughs> scramble stuff, up. Every day we don't record this yeah. show, five more things go into like, the show flow. Yeah, we were originally like. supposed to do this Tuesday. And <laughs> We had him. We had. I had a dental emergency, so it couldn't work last. Well, week. <laughs> God, weren't we supposed to do it Sunday, and that went to hell? And it's just yeah, Sunday. Well, Sunday wasn't going to happen because that was the anniversary. So, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So, all right, all right. Next so, up is news. So we're sitting here with Laura Scalern, who uh, won the best costume, the best customs contest. I also in won the... the best costume class, but that was last year. Okay. Um, who won the best customs contest in the the uh, portrait of a champion uh, category with a really awesome portrait of Rachel Alexandra? That was definitely my favorite this year. So tell me, how did you come up with this idea to do this galloping horse against a fence line that is totally suspended from the bottom? So it was a little bit tiny. It was a tiny bit of a stolen idea plus a bunch of original ideas. That's that's everything good. You have to steal part of it from really good artists and then you sort of expand on that. Excuse me. Take inspiration. <laughs> you take inspiration from a different artist. Um, at Churchill Downs, they have a Barbaro sculpture that is hanging off of the fence. Yeah. Uh, there's some things I don't particularly like about that sculpture. I have mixed feelings about Barbaro being in front of Kentucky, in front of the Churchill Downs and blah, 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 but I liked that it was suspended. I liked that it was different. And I, I have tried doing that pose before and done the pony on a popsicle stick look, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't. It creeps people out. Mm -hmm. uh, in different scales sometimes, but for the most part, right up the gut, it looks like something's been skewered. So I decided I was going to try something different. Um, originally, I was going to do American Pharaoh. But my friends had the good sense to kind of say like, okay, I know he's hot right now, but there's going to be 10 of them. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't do Manowar. I, I, I had done a Manowar sculpture before that's terrible. It's Jurassic Custom from a Lonesome Glory. It's sitting in my house. It's gone nowhere. It's awful. <laughs> awful. Um, so I've, I kind of played with different ideas. And then I kind of started thinking about, you know, really what what was a horse that was meaning something to me? What What's the horse that made that really made my heart skip a beat. And if I think of all the horses that I've seen run, and it was always Rachel. It was always Rachel. You know, I like Senyata, but I'm a Rachel fan. Uh, we got to go meet her. That's This was part of it. Um, Brooklyn Lauren Hofert got pulled for the, uh, the go vi visit with Rachel thing for Briar. I got to be the plus one. <laughs> so I kind of knew this was coming and this all kind of sort of came together. I'd been thinking about that pose. What horse am I going to do? And I knew I was going to get to go see Rachel like an hour before we had to put stuff down for the contest. Mm -hmm. My plan was to go take a picture with the custom in front of Rachel, put it on my documentation, run to Kinko's, print it, and then go stick it out in the artist's gallery. <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> I, I was given, I was told under no uncertain terms that if I was late, I would not, that I should not be late. That's what I was told. Do not be late. Five o'clock is when we're judging. Don't mess around. Don't show up at seven and think it's okay. So I decided not to. I did different documentation. I put it down. But um, originally, I thought I was going to have to weld it together. I do not weld. <laughs> My husband welds. I do not. But I ended up super gluing the whole thing together. <laughs> so that's it. So what model did you start out with? Or what models did you start out with? Just one. Just one this time. It's a Yasmin. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Um, I wanted size and I wanted, I don't like to sculpt legs. Okay. Fair. So, um, Yasmin has really nice legs. She's really nice bone. She was a mare. She had everything I needed. 
That's excellent. Yeah. So, um, what are your plans with her? She's staying with you. She's being sold. Do you have any idea? Oh, definitely personal copy. That's so awesome. Not going anywhere. <laughs> well, congratulations, Laura. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, and we're here for the news. News! The news! There is actually news. There After Briarfest, there is news. Um, so we know Briarfest and Nan happened. Um, we got some, the hobby in general got some nice press with a, a piece in the New York Times about Briarfest that I thought was very well written. Uh, I think it hit all the nerd points without making us look like a bunch of loonies. Yeah, it wasn't Gizmodo. No, it also it, it did it definitely skewed to the younger hobbyists, which yes. I I liked. Yes, um, it absolutely. Was kinda nice to to see them. Um, so that was it. So look it up if you it's online. You can get it for one of your five free articles per month. I forget what the Times. what was it the horse gathering of the horse girls or something like that was that the name something of the like that something about the horse girls and the and the title they they mentioned uh, they mentioned the branding the branding new branding VP at mm-hmm. Briar and and he used to I think I believe he used to work for uh, for DreamWorks so part of me wonders who at the New York Times does that dude know. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, I assumed that that was a, that was a point. But you know, well played, sir. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well played because it was a great article. All right. Yeah. Uh, um, we already have a new model to worry about, and it's Justify. So if you saw the video we took it that Jackie actually took at the custom contest, mm-hmm. uh, Stephanie Maseko did mention that Briar got the con got a contract to do Justify, and now we know uh, the traditional size is Carrick. Yep. There's also a stable mate, and there's a couple of ornaments just like there was uh, for American Pharaoh. So go get all your Justify as soon as they're out, which I'm going <laughs> to guess is by Christmas. Run, run, run. <laughs> <laughs> go now yeah run. get up uh the the next thing i want to talk about um and i've i've kind of been behind the scenes um talking to erica eeps i'm sorry if i mispronounce your last name erica uh i've noticed the last couple of weeks that uh model horse sales pages has really been suffering with uh security certificate being expired uh with emails not coming to people uh uh it's, it's some people are having a hard time validating their subscriptions. I can hear Skylar in the background. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> She'll get over herself. <laughs> she will. Uh, <laughs> and so a lot of people are asking for alternative. Erica launched an alternative a couple of months ago, maybe more, maybe six months ago, and no one used it. Yeah, I kind of remember and, when and she, she kind and did she this. gave up, and yeah. I don't blame her. You know, that's kind of why model horse uh, model auction barn has gone downhill. Um, yeah, because nobody used it. Everybody was like, I'm still going to use eBay. So uh, it's modelhorseclassified.com. Uh, Jackie can talk about it a little more because yeah. she's actually put some stuff up. So I have a, a I have a bunch of stuff that's kind of for sale. I, it didn't have enough room to bring it in the car to Briarfest, so it didn't go down there. Um, and I haven't put it on MHSP because... The account I have does not let me put photos, and I have not felt like trying to give her money to upgrade it because I'm not sure that the upgrades always go through either. So I've kind of been just sitting in limbo trying to decide what to do. And then Heather mentioned this site um, to me. I was like, oh, yeah. So I went and registered and popped up a bunch of ads. It was super easy to do. I did it from my tablet. 
Um, so they have pictures and everything. So they're up there. Um, I was going to throw a link up on Facebook, but I wasn't quite sure how ready they were for a big bunch of Push. people. Yep. Although I guess they'll get one after this. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah. Erica has said to me in um, PM that it's not quite ready yet. She's doing testing. Uh, it seems to be working okay for basic functional stuff. Uh, there seems to be an auction component to yeah. it. There's components to it uh, like likes and comments and uh, private messages on each piece that are not available on model horse sales pages. Um so I encourage everybody, um, if we're if we're going to move the hobby forward, if you want to sell some stuff, uh, she Ooh. doesn't charge for this site yet. Give it a try. Um, yeah, go take a look I, at least. I adore Carrie Sapp, uh, but I think uh, she has other priorities right now. Um, so uh, we really need something that's uh, a lot more current mm-hmm. um, and is not eBay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it's just, and it's not Facebook I, or Instagram you, or the other places you yeah. can sell horses. It's I mean, you can sell on difficult. Facebook. It's just totally unreliable. This is dedicated to the selling experience. Right. People I mean, can rate you on this site yes. for better or for worse. Yeah. So, 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 so this way you don't have shot. to go find 14 transaction boards and see who's, who's right. got red lights, who's got, right. you know, somebody's got a personal vendetta against them exactly. or whatever. It'll, it should all just be there, which would be nice. Right. So again, it's modelhorseclassified.com. And, you know, <laughs> Erica it can, it can shut that thing down if she's not ready to go yet. <laughs> because after this, boom. <laughs> More traffic. You'll like More it. More traffic. It'll All right. Fine. Okay. So because the one thing in this hobby that never, ever ends is the sales. There's always something sales. cool. Always something cool. Men and, and their Sales. <sighs> Sorry, that's from Buffy. Okay. I'm like, I'm not getting that reference. <laughs> it's from Restless. Chick season shopping. four. <laughs> season four, episode twenty-two. Right. My favorite. My I favorite. gotta do my homework. Yeah, you um, do. so uh first up we have the second China tadpole in the edition that Jen's uh Jen Scott is released, and it's a Palomino Tobiano with a blue eye and um he, two blue eyes. Two blue eyes. And if is if his offers haven't closed yet, they're they're it's closing soon. So probably he closed be, mo- no, oh, he, he closed, closed Monday. Okay. Okay. He closed Monday. Go. He went uh he went I think somebody got a deal. I won't I won't say what he went for, but yeah. somebody got a total steal on that beautiful little creature. Uh part of the problem right now is Nobody has money. <laughs> nobody has any money. <laughs> like Oh, it's for the poor. I need to buy a shine horse. Don't you buy a girl a pony? Uh, yeah, and I'm going to get more into this with somebody else's horse that went up for sale a couple of days ago. But like, <laughs> you know, you can sit there and just cry over yeah. the prices. Like, artists, do not sell your stock right after Briarfest. It's not wait. worth it. Just wait. Not worth it. You know. All right. Uh, Mindy Berg went out and sold a bunch of her stuff too after after Briarfest. Oh, well, not a bunch of it. She had a few. She had a few things left yeah. over. Some a, a lot were the um, dewdrops. Yep, she she had two or three of those. She had um, the light switch things and the medallion. I think that was left. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's about it. Whatever she sold, that's all gone. We also there's also um, is, it, is it a customized weather girl? So, yes, it's a weather girl. Um, and I cannot say that name. Majid, Majid, Majid from CS Richmond Studios. So this is uh, a ho- this is a very soft apple gray 
Um, it's been repositioned into kind of this this hard to photograph. Yeah, it's pose pretty extreme. Where she's cantering, but kind of dodging to the side as well. Yeah, it's leaning pretty mm-hmm. hard. Um, it's a it's a cool piece. Yeah, it's a cool piece. It's got a beautiful face. Yeah, the face is uh, the gorgeous. Face is beautiful. The the actual workmanship on it, I think, is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, it was on uh auction barn. I think I didn't check it what it ended at, but mm-hmm. I think it's it was done yesterday. I believe. Okay. Um, so that's not available anymore, but we'll put up links so you can see it. it was, it's very, very, very pretty. Yeah, very, very pretty. Um, Amanda Brock also is starting to sell her stuff. And yeah. she started out with a classic quarter horse stallion um, by Maureen Love, the Briar one. Uh, a griot named mclovin i know i bet on mclovin <laughs> i lost mclovin because i'm broke amanda <laughs> oh i'm saving so, my pennies for something else <laughs> so oh we're yeah october baby it's going down. down it's going down. down we might uh, we might both need roommates for scottsdale's campaign <laughs> depending upon how this auction goes hey <laughs> I let you have Stephanie's horse. Just That's remember true. that. All right. I, I do remember that. <laughs> He's pretty. He is gorgeous. Um, Lucky you. Um, so McLovin went uh, for uh, around 400, I think. And that yeah. was an incredible deal for that horse. And congratulations yeah. to whoever got it. Uh, and she has three more coming up. One a month. Um, her. Uh, her the, the one we're fighting over is in <laughs> is the last one. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's a trotting Frisian CM warm blood and it's, it's on one leg. I'm assuming it's removable from its base. It's beautiful. Yeah. And we don't uh, know the sales method yet. Cause it's going to depend on how the other two yeah. sell on their the, respective. Uh, one, the other one is, um, one's a CM Lipizzaner mm-hmm. and the other is a Alborozo yep. smutty Palomino. Yeah. I believe. Yes. Yeah, that one's going in August. The lip is on is going in uh, September. And then, you know, the, the, the throw down the Frisian the sport horse is in October. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll see. Anyway, uh, there were a couple of, uh, uh, a couple. Well, let's talk about Heather Bullock first, and then we'll talk okay. about the unpainted. I the don't resin think res- I saw this horse. So it's uh, Heather Bullock, who I also consider one of the killer bees. She's mm-hmm. kind of the same class, you know, in the same class of artists. Um, uh, she's equine confections, uh, mm-hmm. did a Fritz classic champagne. She just put out there like yesterday. Uh, he's uh, he, I think he's straight colored. I don't remember seeing any white on him. We'll put up a link to him, but uh, he's obviously a labor of love. So. Uh, take a look at that i'll have to go find him i definitely did not see that so check him out uh and there are a couple of unpainted yes so the the first one we'll look at is uh uh brigitte or bell or is it herbal i don't know it's two. It's one fifteen. Someone, someone tell us. Yes, please tell us how to pronounce her name because I feel <laughs> terrible. But I love all I her work. I say herbal, and I can't say what her name is. Um, but she has this trotting fjord, um, an unpainted resin, and uh, he also has a name that I cannot pronounce. It looks to me like it's Lirinimo. Lirinimo. That's but what it looks like. He's to in me. this very nice trot. He's very much a fjord. 
Um, he's very much a big hit yeah. with everyone I know. Yeah, he's really, really he's, cool. He's the nicest Fjord I've seen since her standing Fjord. Yeah. So, so there you go. He's, he's really, he's really, and he's traditional, I believe. Traditional yes, pony. I think he's traditional as well. So, uh, uh, we saw that on uh, Bridget Herbal Appreciation Force. Uh, the other one is uh, the Vingerling. Um, Continuing with her Iberian series of Brontes, I believe that's how it's pronounced. I think this is the third and last one. Okay. I think is what she said. He's got the long mane and tail. He's He comes from the same uh, group as uh, Fuente and what was the other one? Oh, I don't know. I'm bad with names. Anyway. Sorry. She just pre-sold the first 10 right. of these and they went yeah, so gone. fast. They were gone. They were gone gone so I'm and, not sure you know, when, he no. ain't cheap so no. oh no he's because he's like little bit scale and i think he's 180 bucks yeah he's 180 yeah, yeah. So, so but bravo yeah uh yeah so i think that covers everything we know now with new releases and we'll move on to the theme topic UK-based artist Kim Murray of Capital Equestrian would like to thank everyone for supporting her first venture into the Briarfest Artisans Gallery. She loved catching up with old friends and meeting some lovely new faces. If you didn't make it to Briarfest, don't panic. All of Kim's sculptures and more will be available online at www.capitalequestrian.com. And don't forget, whilst you're there, to sign up for the newsletter for exclusive offers, sneak peeks, and studio news. And we're back with our theme topic. Uh, more Briarfest. More Briarfest. More Briarfest. More Briarfest. So th- we're moving on to um, Friday. Well, kind of Thursday night. Uh, yeah. Into Friday. Into Friday. Because we want to talk about uh, Artisan's Gallery more. And then we'll uh, move on to the other high points mm-hmm. of the biggest event for model horse people all year. That's right. all we talk about. People prep all year for it. So let's get into it. Okay, so um, so we want to talk about the custom contest. Yeah, let's talk. Well, let's talk about. We saw. Uh, uh, I wanted to mention Kim Murray at Capital Equestrian. Mm-hmm. I know I mentioned her before, but she's one of the sponsors of the show, and uh, got to meet her and uh, see her. Like she came from England. Like yeah. she's American, but she's in England, and so she like. It, it surprised me with the killer bees and everybody, how many amazing artists we had this year. Oh so my gosh. it was great. With all yeah. kinds of stuff too. Like yeah, really great prolific. To yeah. yeah. It was great. I would, that, well, it's like we said last week, it's like, you know, you wanted to buy something from everybody and you just couldn't, <laughs> you could not. Like, my money tree's not that big. <laughs> I mean, there are people with money trees. We won't mention them, but mm-hmm. I ain't one of them. Yeah. Um, so so yeah so it was good to it was good to see Kim it was good to see the Killer Bees and Morgan and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I finally got a good look at the custom contest uh, I think Friday I went through and took yeah. still pictures after Jackie did the um, the initial run through on Facebook Live um, and was just really impressed it's just a really stellar class this really year nice group of, of horses this year yeah really yeah nice. Um, so for the custom contest, um, the winners, and let's talk about the winners. Like we can talk about everybody, but let's, let's go through each category and talk about the winners, the the, the winning entries. Uh, what do you want to start with? Um, I keep thinking I'm going back down the table. So maybe the, the portrait of a champion. Sure. 
So sure. the winner here was uh, Laura Scalern, who you just heard a few minutes ago mm -hmm. um, with her portrait of Rachel Alexandra. And I, I really felt that this, this custom really stood out. I mean, the, all three of them were great, but this one just seemed a little bit above. It's a, you know, it's a cantering thoroughbred mare in a field up against the fence. And what's really cool about it is every time we have a horse that's in, in a moment of suspension, there's a clear rod coming out of its bottom, out of, the, out of its belly. And she did not have that. Um, she was actually affixed to the fence from the side. And it was just, it was super cool to see that illusion. Um, the it's so organic. Yeah. The so custom organic. itself is, is, is beautiful. It looks like Rachel Alexander. Yeah. Like it looks like its namesake. Yeah. You so, know, it's hard, it's hard enough to get the horse to just look right, much less echo an actual horse, like a, a specific horse. Yeah. So, you know, bravo to Laura. Cause, yeah. cause that was a super achievement. Um, and I just loved that it wasn't audacious. It wasn't, I don't want to say audacious because in a way it was, but it wasn't flashy. It wasn't bells and whistles. It was just so real. It was yeah. effective. It was just a, it was just so. a galloping horse. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And a great halter, the halter, yes. you know, I mean, it just all worked. It just worked. And, and that's not to say that the other people that were competing with her didn't have nice entries, mm -hmm. but there, you know, there was, I, I, I say this all the time that authenticity is really the key to unquestionable um, kind of victory. People could just look and say, that's the, that's the yeah. clear winner. And I think that, I think that was yeah. the clear winner in that category. Absolutely. So um, the next category I think was performance. Um, and that winner was Allie Davidson, who we'll hear from in a, in a little bit. Yep. Um, but she, and I, I have asked 14 times what this was and I cannot remember, but her, she had a customized horse that, um, was doing a mounted <laughs> archery. Um, I know we asked her and she'll tell us she'll in the tell interview. Us, it's yeah. right after this segment yeah. about the custom I, I, don't, I don't understand why I can't but keep I don't remember this in my either. Head. But it's a cantering it's, horse. It's unrecognizable. Yeah, it's it certainly doesn't look anything like the base model. But it's a cantering horse with a mounted archery and um, the, the, the doll doing the archer is, is basically doing elven cosplay on horseback. So it was it was pretty neat. It was quite it's a like scene. Lord of the Rings meets yeah. meets meets, meets <laughs> catching fire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Katniss. Um, but it was really it was very it was a really cool entry. Yeah. Um performance and, is and a category I don't always like I can look at the other things and be like, oh yeah, they're judging the custom, cool. but I'm not sure how much the performance actually plays into the judging. And I'm sure we can probably talk to some of the judges about this if, if it's okay. Yeah. I, Leslie offered to mm -hmm. talk about it. I think, um, th I think that's my question too, because I know on everything else, they want 80, 80 to 85% of whatever the horse used to be in the kind of extreme customs yep. obliterated. Um, clearly, uh, I think the closest, uh, the ponies in the Shetland race and yeah. the Appaloosa cross country were both phenomenal, yeah. but you absolutely knew what those horses were originally. Oh yeah. So that may have been the edge that maybe, uh, that Allie had was just really going to work on the custom because uh, the tack was done, I believe by, um, it was, um, premium costumes. Yeah. Yep. The tack uh, and the Terry, movie. I carry, I can't, why can't I remember her name either? I don't know. Cause it's From two Canada. in the morning where you are. Yeah, one thirty. <laughs> but uh, Terry, party, party, party. Terry in Canada. <laughs> Terry Wright. 
Terry Wright, maybe. Terry Wright. Yeah. Terry, you can email us Please and be like, no, us. that's not my damn name. Uh, okay. And I, and I bought it on Mounted Archery several. <laughs> So, oh well shame yeah. on you then yeah i know well it's 1 30 in the morning <laughs> had a long day um so um so that was really that was very really cool we'll have a listen to Allie talk about that in a couple minutes yep um, uh so and the next next ca- next category is finished work ah oh finish lord work. yeah oh lord is right <laughs> this one was close this one yeah. i looked at and i was like I don't know who they're gonna pick. They There's were no all telling. really good. They were all really good. <laughs> Steph uh, Steph Blaylock had a uh, had a Duende leopard uh, appy Duende, um, and he's was, beautiful with the goat. He's got these ghosty spots that are uh, like you oh. can see his skin spots. Yeah. and he's. I think the reference was that he was wet, so you could see the skin under him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like holy cow. Yeah, he, he was great. He was really good. <laughs> Um, there was a nice, beautiful dapple gray from Karen Zorn. Um, oh, yeah, the hairs were individual hairs were painted on. Yeah, you really need to see it this horse because no, no There's photography no picked it up. But you, you had to see this horse in person. Um, and Nikki Button had uh, her um, her Alboroso in that. Nikki Bo. <laughs> Bo. I, I need a ruling on the Bo, Nikki. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> we think you smell great, by the way. Sure. <laughs> um, but Nikki, Nikki had a really intense Sabino-y Holy Alvarozo cow. that was amazing as well. <laughs> so any one of those would have been Yeah, awesome. they were all just, were I'm all just going to go to everybody's house and steal them. <laughs> knock, knock. You can't tell people that. You just have to do it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> See? Okay, so. Next category is most extreme, and um, in there, the winner there was uh, the zebra, Lauren Hofer. Lauren Hofer, um, and I know he had a flash head, but he had some completely different body. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Is that in the interview? Yes. I assume it is. Yes, it is. That's how I know it had a flash head. I asked. yeah, we found we found Lauren outside of she was a target of opportunity. We got her outside <laughs> the cover arena. She, we didn't even know who she was. She was like, "Hey, here you're <laughs> looking for me." I was like, like, "Oh yeah, we are." Uh, what's your name? <laughs> and she told us and how to it was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." So, um, so thanks, Lauren. And um, why can't I remember the two in that class with the zebra? Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking. Drawing a total blank, too. This is what happens when you record at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> we gotta stop doing this, but our yeah. work schedules are terrible. Okay, there was the... Because um, we didn't talk about the other horses with uh, Scalern, either. So, no, that's true. Uh, there was the uh, the Jumper by Monica West, right? Or the Cantering... Oh, the Chicaner. Right, that's crazy. That horse was crazy. Um, so it kind of looks like a show jumping warm blood, but it's it's not. Um, <laughs> it's like what, like I said, like it was what a we short... wanted the show jumping warm blood to work, and it started out as the number fifty four, the old Chris Hestricaner. That yeah. horse was cool. Yeah, like she should get cool points just for attempting. Oh that yeah, mess. absolutely. That horse uh, was nifty. I honest to God do not remember the third one, and I apologize to the artist. We should have that yeah. up and ready, but uh, we'll we'll make a mea culpa the next show. Yeah. The mayors would like to apologize to Amanda Brock, 
for forgetting her wonderful sculpture Firefly, a CM Fullzilla, that was the third entry in the most extreme. Also, for the competitor, I know there was a Pacer by Cindy Evans. Mm-hmm. That was um, in the... And then there was a jumping horse landing, the yes. steeplechase horse. Um, orchid, desert orchid. It was a desert orchid. Set. It was a portrait of that. So those were the port- other two portraits of the champion. I cannot remember what the other extreme horse was. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, so you last. You want a list? <laughs> outside of, you know. Okay. We'll talk about that off the air. Medical or mental or just annoying. <laughs> That's another podcast. <laughs> so the final category, of course, is fantasy. Um, and I, and you know, we have the terracotta horse with the cutouts. It was really cool. Right. Um, we had the, the phoenix horse rising from the flames. Yep. Kirsten Sermelli's horse. Yep. And then we had Carly Parks Coy, who was. What? Yeah. I mean. You also needed to see that in person. It just. It's, pictures don't just do just do not do that whole piece well justice. i mean i think pictures give you the magnitude of the brilliance yeah. of this horse and you heard her talking about it at the top mm-hmm. of the show uh but it was just no disrespect to the artists that were in the category with her but just yeah she was, there was no question yeah. there was no question interested to see uh, what she does was, next year <laughs> you talked to her and she was just like i'm not even thinking about that right now yeah it's fine i am but she <laughs> says we'll see it we'll see in two days <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so con- congrats to all the winners uh, congrats to everybody it yeah. was really super competitive uh just getting picked in you know picked to, to oh, be a finalist it, amazing i mean i think we saw somewhere that summer said that it was their biggest entries ever and there were people that i personally know that are uh, amazing artists that didn't get in yeah. so so you know congrats you guys just you know being the final three is uh, you is know amazing. may sound cheesy and cliche but it was a huge honor yeah we're here with ali davidson who uh won the performance section of the custom contest and ali how does it feel to win that it's incredible. This is the first time I've won anything major in the model horse industry hobby, and I've been doing this since 1974. <laughs> so it's pretty special. So what made you decide to do the performance section? Performance has always been my thing. Um, I think it's uh, fun, and um, the model is a nice thing to win, but I did it because I had this really cool idea that I wanted to share with people. I'm serious. That's just not a pat answer. <laughs> What model did you start out with? Because we've been trying to figure that out, and I don't think we've been successful. It was the Carrick. <sighs> I would not have gotten the Carrick. No, I was thinking it was, was like an 80s uh, Chris has. I was like, yeah, that looks familiar. Like that, I would not have figured <laughs> that out. Um, so, and, and I know the uh, it's a mounted archery scene, if you guys have not seen it, and um, the rider is dressed up as, an, as kind of like an elven warrior kind of guy. So, um, so what was the inspiration behind that? Well, you know, I started looking into mounted archery because I have a, um, a setup that's been doing really well at live shows. And the more I looked, the more I realized that cosplay is a big part of mounted archery, that there's some clubs like the Rogue River Riders in Oregon, and they have these huge elaborate costumes and fantasy tack. And I'm like, why don't I take it up a step? And instead of just having normal archer tack, let's go with a fantasy and let's do an elf. And um, that's what gave me the idea. That's uh well that's really awesome. Well thank you very much, Allie. You're welcome. <laughs> right.
Okay, now we're going to talk about Briarfest Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, again. Uh, I was judging and Jackie was showing. Because that's uh, just how we rolled all week. She, she's, she's the rapper, I'm the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is my third time showing at Briarfest Live. Uh, the first time I had a really bad experience. Um, second time I had a better experience. Um, this time, um, I this is probably my best one. Uh, I kind of I didn't approach this like I was going to go out and, and and kill people. My my whole goal was just to enjoy my day. Um, I did. I managed to place every single horse I had placed in his class. I didn't come home with anything that didn't get a ribbon. Um, and I was pretty happy with some of them. And you know, just awesome. you know, if it if you know if it wasn't something I felt like doing, I didn't do it. So there, I pulled stuff that just got too complicated got away from me right so which made for a better show day for me so yay so sure i don't get to sure. show show that off and there's no point in me going out and getting super frustrated um so how was it as a judge i it was really tough it was really competitive um it was it was in a lot of ways uh harder than nan mm-hmm. um and in a lot of ways it wasn't and because the stakes are so high at right. Briarfest Live, uh, the stakes are high at Nan. Don't get me wrong. Oh, they're, they're ratcheted up at Briarfest Live, though. The criticism is ratcheted up. People will, because of the prize models, people will look for an excuse to throw a judge under the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I came away from it knowing, feeling, looking at Nan helped me prep. Um, I can get super insecure about my performance judging skills until I'm actually in it. And then I realize I know what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Beca- because uh, I think one of the things that people miss about performance judging is they talk technical details and they talk about illegal tie downs or this rule, that rule, the, and the other. Nine times out of ten, as a judge, I never get that far, mm-hmm. right? Because your freaking cavison doesn't fit, or your cheek piece is in the horse's eye, or your rider is crooked. Or, you know, your bell boots are three times bigger than your horse. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's so baseline in so many cases. The the horses, nobody's perfect. I've seen, I can count on one hand perfect entries I've, I've seen. And mm-hmm. I have seen a few. Um, but but it all comes down to the, the, the piling up of faults. And a lot of the time, those faults are basic. Right. And they just magnify like, on top of each other. Like, I mean, I had a, I had one horse that on a dressage, dressage pattern that was literally going the wrong way. Mm, that's, I see yeah. that a lot. <laughs> mirrored, it, mirrored dressage patterns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, so, and, and I really enjoy when people come up and ask me about stuff. I think one of the things that, um, you need to be able to do and that, you know, I take notes and I, you know have a philosophy uh when someone asks for help with their entry you need to be able to tell them right and you need to be able to tell them specifically um you can't just go well that's the horse i want to own or, or you know right. blah blah blah. you have to you have to tell them why which i think and, it's easier to do when you're doing performance it's easier to give people specific reasons it gets a little more squidgy and halter because I think the things we're looking at for Halter, I don't think we have as many people who really understand what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, you know, yeah. but that's a whole other, that's going to be a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. So I had a good time. I, I, I saw a lot of um, 
great entries. I saw more um, fine entries, Mm -hmm. but not held back by their lack of attention to detail. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I'll put it. And and I get it. It's a pressure cooker and you just got to get it out there and get it done. You know, that 10 minute timer doesn't do anybody any favors. and It's tough to get it right. Yeah. In that short a time. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'm doing an article as a side note for uh, uh, Jennifer Bray Buxton's blog, you know, for Braymere Saturday with the notes that I took and Several other judges took between Nan and Briarfest Live, and I'm kind of doing um, the most useful ones and kind of boiling them down uh, into like a kind of comprehensive, maybe four or five classes with just just the notes Mm -hmm. so that people can see what judges write down when they're looking at your stuff. And maybe it'll give people more insights into where they're going wrong right. and why as a whole why they're not placing where they feel they right. should be right and it's going to be totally blind it's not going to be like so-and-so's horse on this with this kind of tack it's just going to be like fine harness entry one yeah. notes fine harness entry two notes you know what yeah. i mean and then judge b for, you know for because there's only one judge in everything so yeah. Yeah, so I've got notes from the English judge, the Western judge I've got in both places, so Nan and Briarfest. So, yeah. All right, that's cool. That'll be neat. Um, We did not attend the auction because we were at Briarfest Live. Yep. And we usually go, I don't think we've gone, we didn't go last year either, did we? I don't Did we go last year? I think so. I don't remember. Okay. Maybe we did. So the auction... Um, so th- I don't remember going last year, but, but at any rate, the auction uh, went off fine, and they yep. made a lot of money. Uh, there's some. I I don't think it was the most impressive auction as far as results that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, um, there was something that went on un- for under a thousand dollars, and that never happens. We were shocked. That never happens. Or rarely, with rarely anything. happens. I've seen it happen once or twice, but it's it's uncommon. Um, not in the last few years i haven't no um the, the sale topper was uh the the palomino five gator yeah yeah is, yeah yeah he's got fans pumpkin pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> that's what and i mean the second place was the horse we all wanted the few yeah, spot the, <laughs> the one you called yeah, yeah the few spot the uh Vallegro that i thought was going to do well went for uh, two thousand yeah something like that um there were a couple that one went for 800, a couple went for a thousand or 1100. So yeah, it was, it was, I don't know uh, if people, we didn't have the usual suspects bidding or what the deal was, but there, but just, uh, people weren't quite as excited. I don't know. No, no, no. There was a lot of spend. But, there was a lot of stuff to spend your money on. And that was early in the week. <laughs> yeah. Like you have no excuses. That was Friday night. Was Friday night. They even get you liquored up there. Yeah, so, they do. There's yeah. wine and there's beer and wine. So, um, so that's Friday. So yeah, Yay. Oh, we did have somebody come in our room with the oh with the secretariat with the, secre- with the secretariat, which was really pretty. Hey, it was nice to see him. Up we close. were like, come see us with that horse. <laughs> she was very excited about it. It was adorable. Yeah. So all right, nice. moving on to the kids show. Yeah. So the next day, after showing like a maniac for four days, got up early in the morning to go be a judge at the kids the children's youth show. Um, this show has been run by Eleanor Harvey and Kim Bjorgo Thorne for the last couple of years. Um, it's a it's a pretty tightly run ship. I I enjoy judging at this show. Um, 
Um, I'm a performance judge, so I end up taking a couple of classes, but I also have to critique a couple of classes, which I, I like. The kids are really into that. Um, some of them will come up with, with good questions and how to do better next year. And some of the, the entries these kids come up with are amazing. Um, my personal favorite wasn't in a class I judged, but it was a horse on a high-speed treadmill um, with a veterinarian kind of checking it. It was really cool. I took about 8 million pictures of it because back in 1995... <laughs> When we right. went to the first NAN, me and my friend Leslie Phelps did a horse on a high-speed treadmill with an oh, endoscope awesome. up his nose. It was cool. So it was nice. It was cool to see that. And actually, her treadmill was way better than the one we did. But uh, it was neat. Yeah, I saw yeah. I saw that entry. I, I want to rewind a little bit to mm-hmm. uh, the Briarfest Live Other because there was a surge, a back surgery, equine back oh, surgery Oh, gosh. Entry, yeah, that was cool. Which was fantastic. Yeah. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> That was a neat entry, uh, too. Yeah, that was a tough class. That was a really mm. tough class. But it was just, you know, it was just phenomenal. The only thing I wish is the horse was kind of leaning. Like, because it was kind of, you know. Yeah, but when you're actually doing that kind of procedure, there's usually somebody there to keep them standing square. Because oh, really? if, if when, they're, when they're not, it throws off your landmarks for surgery. Ah, uh, that is true, so, says the vet. Yeah. Okay, so, so I did. Uh, I did the. I was actually on the podium yeah. at the kids' show, watch, uh, watching the, over the whole thing for the first time, and that was a that was a learning experience. <laughs> was it? I sat on the wrong side of Christine, or the wrong side of Christine. So I was handing stuff around to her to 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 Melissa, who was putting in Melissa Grant, mm-hmm. who was putting in the the uh, the results, and there was a double act between me and Liz LaRose, who. Uh, brought all her intense lawyer skills and was the clipboard maniac. <laughs> LaRose likes uh, to be in charge of clipboards. Um, when LaRose, I- likes, LaRose likes to be in charge. Yeah, that's true. So, period. So, uh, there were, you know, we didn't have a guide for how they'd done it before. Uh, Christine talked about, and Melissa both had their heads down in their jobs. So, uh, you know, we got some lessons learned from that. Hopefully we can... Uh, we can boil those into mm-hmm. next year and make it go a little more smoothly. Uh, but I had a, I had a great time. Uh, it, it's always a good show. Um, the kids always have a super, super duper time. Uh, and yeah, yeah, so that's that's it for the youth show. Let's yeah. talk about the raffles. the raffles. So the raffles this year, they ran things a tiny bit different in that um, – you have to be present to win at the raffles, and that was always a problem if you were trying to be in a special run line um, while the raffle was going up. And made doubly, you know, made a little bit more so this year because the special run lines were now not where you could hear the raffle being pulled. So what they did instead was they stopped, they shut down the special run line and did not run it for the hour that the the raffle was being pulled. So you had the opportunity to do that, uh, and I think that was a super, Which is super cool, super smart yeah. thing for them to do that they thought of it before everybody could get kind of cranked up about it. Um, the raffle horses were both um, pretty cool, but I think cooler in person than the pictures I saw. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of people were into them. I didn't enter for yeah, either I, I didn't enter this year. for either one of them this year either, but uh, but they were cooler looking than I thought they'd be. But we had friends with Oh, them. yeah, we did. <laughs> um, and I hope Miss Erin Miss Aaron Corbett, who... Yeah. Model I, lucky, you know. I don't know what she prays to, but 
<laughs> it is unbelievable her raffle luck. Yeah. Uh, uh, her and, Mackenzie Purdy one uh, got one. Uh, who else? I heard Lyd Weber got one. So she, Lenny, oh, cool. if you got one, fantastic. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I, you know, actually, if we heard less names called this year, I think that's good because that means more people, newer people are coming yeah. to the, the raffles and winning them. Um, but they did sell out tickets on, I think, the, the yeah, Saturday horse. Yeah, wasn't it the, the Saturday horse they yeah, ran they out? Ran, they were they like, sold we out of tickets. You got to a point where you, that's it. You can't buy no more. They're done. <laughs> I I've, I know they ran, they've run out of space in barrels before. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of them running out of tickets. Yeah. So. So cool. That's fantastic. So congrats to everybody that won. Uh, It's always, you know, I had to, I had to cheese weasel my raffle model on the secondary market for my Vallegro Senza, which is no fun. No. uh, For your wallet or, you know, trying to negotiate with people. It's not as exciting as you're holding the ticket going, yeah, that's well, you know, you win a, you win a, you know, valuable horse for, you know, 200 bucks. Yeah, uh, there were, there was a story of somebody that um, every year somebody that, wins with like less than twenty dollars in the pot, which is I think is great. Every year that happens. Yeah, so kudos to yeah. whoever, whoever spent like five bucks in one one. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Good for you. So, um, so the special run lines and stuff. So, um, I did go through the store and the special run lines. Um, I did too. I went through once. Did you? Excellent. The store was where it usually was. Um, they had a little bit more floor space. And when I went through on Sunday, because that was the only day I got to go, um, it was not like crowded the way it was. And I think it's just they had more room around the stuff to look at it. They also still had a huge pile of the Ichabod crane, which was the, one of the store specials. Um, so I had no problem picking him up. Um, I believe there were leftovers of him on up for sale. If you have, if you've bought a three day yeah, ticket, actually, yeah, yeah, you can, I actually bought one. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go get yourself one. I think they're still there. Um, if you had three day ticket, you're entitled to go buy Briarfest leftovers at this point. Um, the special run lines, um, pretty much the line ran the way it always has. It's just, it was just in a different location and they had a large area that was just dedicated to the special runs. Um, so that kind of ran business as usual. The the cool part, I thought, was when you get dumped out of the paying for it, they opened it up into like a big field where everybody would immediately sit down and open up their surprise horse. And if it wasn't something they wanted, you just hoisted the horse overhead and held it above your head to see if you wanted, if somebody would trade it. Um so my experience with this, I went through the line twice with uh for special for surprise horses, I got two of them at bay smarties. So I only need one of those, and I really, really wanted the hot rod. So I kind of walked up to people who had the hot rod, they were kind of looking to trade for something else, and then I I posted this cranky, I want you know, I can't find the horse I want thing to Facebook, and no sooner they hit send when this kid sitting at my feet opens up a hot rod. And she holds it up over her head. And I said, well, what do you want for that? And she's like, well, what do you have? I said, I said, I have a Matt Bay. And she screamed like this was the greatest thing <laughs> anyone had ever said to her. And so I was like, all right, great. Here. <laughs> so that was Briar, Briar Fest Miracle right in front of me. It was great. 
You were part of the magic. You know what I re- I really enjoyed besides the fact that you know it was it ran faster, mm-hmm. obviously more organized. Uh, you know, uh, it was separate and away from the horses. Yeah, so, so it wasn't it like wasn't I didn't feel like someone was going to die. <laughs> you know, I mean, I realized it was out in the middle of uh, of a paddock, but you know, clearly grass grows back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they had panels uh, on the for the where the line was. They had yeah, panels down to I protect mean, the grass too. I kind of enjoyed the gathering of uh, the the people with horses they didn't want, yes. like you said. Like I love that. Me, it reminded me of like a Grateful Dead concert where people had tickets <laughs> they didn't want. Or they needed a ticket. It's like, just one ticket. Except people were holding up model horses. It was great. And I was like, my God, I'm having an out-of-body experience like, yeah, right now. Yeah, this is where the trademark is happening. Right here, people. <laughs> it's right on the grass. It was, it was like it was like my reaction to the people with the suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, we. this is commerce, baby. <laughs> so, And we do have some of the, the run numbers. Uh, Briar has been kind of weaseling them out. We know that Dead Heat was a 50-50 split between yep. the Palomino and the Chestnut. Yep. We know Sierra yep. Rose was a 50-50 split between Gloss and Matt. Yep. Um, it didn't seem like it, though, did no, it? No, I don't feel like I, I saw way more Mats than Glossies. Yeah. Um, the, the Dark Horse Surprise uh, basically came in five colors. There were 175 of the Gloss in all five colors. So the Glossies numbers are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which was the same with the Latigo, yeah, I believe. And then they had the descending stair step numbers. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, most popular were the Palom, uh, the most popular, the most numerous were the Palomino and the Appaloosa. The black was the yep. rarest. Yeah. Um, the Matt then it was uh, the Hot Rod. I think was the second rarest, and then the Matt Bay was smack rarest. in the middle. Yep. Yep. And the the black, uh, the dark horse mm-hmm. Matt. Was two twenty five, so it was almost as rare as its glossy yeah. counterpart. Yeah. So, um, and all that's on the Briarfest blog. Yeah, so you can go check those numbers out. Yep. Yay. Um, we did not make it to the 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 Festival of Horses show at Altec Arena because we went back to the we hotel. never do because we we're do. always exhausted because we want to go eat basically. <laughs> we want to go eat and have wine and. Um, if it's anything like the other spectaculars mm-hmm. I've been to uh, that we, my parents used to drag me to at the, like the cow palace or in San Francisco yeah, or, or stuff Equine like that. Fair does something like yeah. this. They're always great. Yeah. They're always, it's always just super professional people and their horses doing um, varied, super diverse, um, highly trained acts. Like you'll have dressage horses, you'll have Frisians, you'll have trick riders, you'll have people, people like Tommy Turvey. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and it's just, you know, it's an amazing display. If anybody wants that went to one or both wants to give us a report, let us know. Um, we would appreciate it. Um, We did see the show uh, on Sunday at the covered arena. Yes. Um, and I have to, I have a complaint. <laughs> yes. The pony racing, right? Hel- hello, Briar. The pony racing was on the schedule for before the raffle. And we sat on our butts after we picked up our volunteer models and everything, our <laughs> SRs or whatever, and our celebration models. And, you know, we're going to watch the show. And, and in particular, we were waiting for those Shetland ponies. And I am sad to say. They never, came. they never came. They came the day before. They never came. They did not come out on Sunday. We heard about them. We saw, we we saw a video them. of them. 
but they were on the schedule and they were not there. So So we were sad. We are still sad. And and we would like some compensation. (laughs) I'm kidding. But yeah, (laughs) right. I'm I'm bummed we missed him. I would have loved to see him. The video was adorable. Um, we did see some good stuff, yeah. though. I I really love the the retired racehorse stuff. Like that's near and dear to my heart. I've I've had a couple of off the track thoroughbreds, um, uh, and it was it was good to see them uh, being highlighted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, horse racing is a brutal business on the animals. Oh, yeah. um, so it's 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 nice to see because this wasn't there. 10, 15 years ago in the force it is now. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, the real effort to, re, to, to restore, uh, you know, they, they go to kill pits or whatever, you know. And, and now there's a real effort to retire the horses that are uh, uh, notable with respect and get new jobs for the ones that can't make it or can't make it anymore. So I, it, the industry's come a long way. It's got a long yep, way to go. But, but it's coming. It's coming. Uh, it's coming. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, the hotel. The hotel. <laughs> so the so Clarion. We, we now yeah, know. Yeah, we now we understand what was going on with the whole bar situation. Because all right, so <laughs> we go in when you go in by the lot in the the check in desk now, which has been totally re redone. Where you used to be able to look into where the offices were is now a bar, like a fancy looking bar. Well, it's also the breakfast. It's also the area. breakfast area. But we walked in. And I was like, really. <laughs> We can, There's a we bar. Can get a drink on the way to you know Staten Island in the 300 block. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so that was that was fantastic. We did the breakfast just one day. That was good. Um, yes. The kitchen for the the regular part of the restaurant was being that was all being renovated. Um, yep. So they're redoing. And I'm sure the they're going to redo the bar by the time we're there again next yeah, year. Yeah, they were they were uh, still serving food in the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the restaurant was under construction, but the bar was still in the same yeah. place. I'm sure that. Thank will, God. Look, <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, but oh I'm sure that'll be. God. I'm sure that'll have a shout out. Shout out to Freddie yeah. who, who's been there at every Briar Fest I have been. Can to, I tell you? I was walking much. down the hall. You know, nowhere near any food service, and Freddie comes the other way and he sees me. He goes, "Hey." <laughs> like, I'm not sure. I'm okay, Freddie, but I'm not sure I if mi- that's good. I miss I miss Sarah, but Freddie's still there. So you go, Freddie. We, we love you, Freddie. Um, so shuttles. shuttles. So we did not partake of the shuttles, the cheese boxes, as I like to call yes. them, because they were. Uh, I expected them to have like city hired shuttles. They were school buses. Well, you need like, school buses to move the number of people we are talking about. Well, full on cheese boxes, people. Yeah, um, so, we did hear that the one of the the first shuttles attempted to go to Georgetown <laughs> instead of. I did not hear that. Oh, did you not hear Lori? Are Lori Joe no, Jensen stopped in our room, and she was, I think, on the first shuttle, and they're like, "Okay, we're going to Clarion," and the bus driver, I guess, did wasn't sure where he was going. Oh, and he man. gets on the highway, and Lori Joe's like, "No, that's not where you're going." And he like practically drove to Georgetown. He was like, "No, it's a, like Lori Joe had to be his GPS to get him back to the right hotel." <laughs> I can't believe you didn't hear that. Yeah, not, yeah, it was. You no. hear Lori Joe tell it? It's really funny. Well, I heard her talking about the bus being a problem. Oh, that was the problem. What well, I was paying attention to people going in and out of our room and saying hi yep. and. Not enough, apparently, because my horse got jacked. But 
Well, yeah, but yeah. she tried to drive to shout Georgetown. Out to, shout out to Lori Joe, whose bus driver tried to kidnap her. <laughs> he didn't know where he was going. <laughs> wasn't sure what which Clarion they were going to. Uh, uh, I, th- think I think the they, they figured it out. <laughs> I saw the shuttles in numerous places. I saw the shuttles when I was at Briarfest Live all day long, oh, yeah. s- stopping out front and picking people up. Um, and over at the park, I saw it picking people up. So uh, I did not see it going because it was going to the Clarion. So I didn't see where it was doing that. Uh, parking was still an utter disaster. It was maybe slightly less Shen. disastrous than it's been i feel like we got uh, no i thought it was worse this year oh uh, we did not have to leave the cruiser on the grass anywhere no but we had to go eat dinner because there was nowhere to park oh that's right i forgot about that like we totally had to leave that's right there we were gonna come back nowhere to went, go screw it and went takibana <laughs> went and got sushi like there was like nowhere to go yeah. so uh uh i it, it's a concept that needs work uh, we don't have the Marriott anymore. They were trying to send people past the Denny's yeah. uh, when we got there. So I, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I, I don't I'm not really sure. And at least initially I mean, I, they were looking for people's like proof that you were staying there. But that by the time we got there, they were like, well, too bad. That's just how it is. Yeah. They just need freaking parking passes. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that in the morning when we're all sleeping there, which lets me know. Mm-hmm. It's people coming from. It's not like that. You know, the shopping is a thing. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's got to be figured out at some point. Um, And finally, yep. the the room where the stone usually has their stuff in the Clarion. We tried that to go. That room was yeah, not open at all, ever. I didn't see any stone presence at all at the Clarion. I thought they were we having some Peter. kind of. Con- well, we saw Peter in the bar the first night and yeah. never saw him again. I thought there was supposed to be some kind of promotional thing going on with one of their. with this yeah. mascot they had. I never saw anything. So I'm guessing all the stone stuff was contained to the hotel they were at and the winery and everything else. And we just. Yep. We just didn't get we, there. We that did was not, not going to happen. to make it. And I apologize to, to the, the stone company. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, because Briarfest, of course, is the 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 big kid on the block, mm-hmm. but we really wanted to cover your stuff, and we yeah, just, we, we assumed with all our commitments, we didn't have well, time. We just assumed so that's that they'd something... be in the Clarion too, and they just that well, this year yeah, they but I think we we were going to try and make it over there at some point. I tried to make it to the Resin Future, yeah. and we tried to do a bunch of stuff with the scavenger hunt and the what the... Briarfest means to you. <laughs> all of that went out the window yeah. with our commitment. So next year, it'll be better. I'm making concerted effort. To make the podcast the focus. Yeah. So, well, so, uh, I mean, when we made our Briarfest yeah. plans, the podcast didn't exist. So, that's absolutely true. So, anyway, all right, moving yeah. on. Uh, so we're gonna take yeah. a little break and then we're gonna move on to other hobby events that are not Briarfest, believe it or not. Hey there, so um, we're outside of the Covered Arena, and we've managed to catch up with Lauren Hofler. We're going to talk to her, Hofer, um, and talk to her about her amazing zebra that won for most um, extreme custom last night. So um, what did you start out with? What made you do a zebra? He is actually the other half of my uh, customs contest entry from last year. Last year I did Pony Express in performance, and it was uh, Wynn's head on Flash's body. I thought um, at the time that Flash's head on Wynn's body would make a cool zebra, but my sculpting skills at that point were nowhere near where I needed them to be because I had only done the neck on that uh, Flash custom. 
so I thought, well, I will do it in two or three years. Maybe I'll get to it one day. But it's a good idea. I filed it away in my brain. Um, then as this customs contest approached, I thought, well, I'll do finish work. Never landed on an idea that I liked. Almost did a gray lip is on. Changed my mind several times. Finally, I thought, you know, let's give Extreme a try. I'm, I did a draft for the year previous to the Pony Express, and the draft worked well. And I know zebras, and I thought, well, maybe I can pull off something that resembles a zebra and uh, put some awesome stripes on it. So I took that flash head and pieces of Wynn's body. I severed her hips and her her chest off, re-sculpted the shoulders, re-sculpted the butt, put the legs back on, finished off the body and made it look more zebra-like. And suddenly it became uh, what I entered in the customs contest. And I was surprised that I actually managed to finish him. The draft took a year and a half. The zebra managed to pull him out in a month and a half, all told. Wow. Yeah. The uh, good thing about Arizona is heat helps epoxy cure, and when I finished the side of his neck, I stuck him outside in the direct summer sun and let him cure for 10 to 15 minutes, and he was ready to work on again. So I think that's the only reason I managed to get him done, whereas the draft previous to that... um, she wasn't supposed to be as drastic as she ended up being, but I had to fix problems and cut her in half and shorten her up, and she was a problem child. But, <laughs> yeah, so he took not as long as I thought he was going to be. I had contingency plans for what type of zebra he was going to be if I ran up against the deadline and, and ran out of time to paint him, but he managed to work out exactly as I wanted him, and I'm uber proud of of how he turned out because I am... Not necessarily a sculptor by any means, but I thought I'd challenge myself and move on to something I'm not used to doing and see if I could be even remotely successful. And I didn't think I was going to win. I honestly didn't. Farlap was amazing because he started out as a very, very old mold (laughs) and rather rough, and she turned him into something gorgeous. And Amanda Brock's little filly was absolutely stunning and adorable and I wanted to squeeze her and and <laughs> and take her home so I I didn't think I had a shot but apparently the judges liked him better in person than they did from the photographs so I have to say anyone who's entering the custom contest make sure your photos are good that's what I have learned from talking to the judges a little bit and and everything that if you don't submit good photos you're not going to even make finalists because if the judges can't see it then they can't judge it so Well, congratulations, and thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your Briar Fest. Same to you. Thank you. (laughs) And we are back with hobby events. Believe it or not, there were hobby events to talk about after this one. (laughs) You know, we all kind of fall apart for the week or two after. I know I did. Uh, and then we start regrouping for all the new stuff that's coming. Uh, the first thing we wanted we want to cover is we asked for reports on uh, fellowship for uh, the Hagen Renneker Collectors Club. Uh, Anna Tackett came through for us with a written report that Jackie's going to okay. read for us right now. So this is uh, from Anna Tackett, who lives in Louisville or that rough area, and. Um, uh, Hagen Renneker Collector Club Fellowship was a two-day event held the weekend before Briarfest in Dandridge, Tennessee. The event was primarily for Hagen Renneker Collector Club members and was billed as the first 
stop in the east for the the horseshoe want clinkies that were not purchased at clinky mayhem or were found later and brought to the event the horseshoe want and other vendors like share the love and ed alcorn had all kinds of hagen renneker goodies for sale from uh, dw pieces to minis reproduction of reproductions of maureen love sketches to attendees also selling from their tables there were several special items included to be auctioned and a very special custom glazed large zara and zilla that karen Grimm especially loved Lots of buying and selling went on. Many stories were shared and fun activities like make your own clay creatures. All of the little horribles brought collectors together to laugh and to share their passions for the clinkies. One highlight of the event was Christina Lucas Francis announcing that Hagen Renneker would now have a location in Tennessee with Christina producing pieces uh, from the Appy Love and the Crusader molds. Ad lib, go to Christina. Holy cow. So huge. So huge. More details to so be announced. <laughs> much, <laughs> much squeeing happened as these are two much door molds not currently in production. It's also hoped that, a f- hoped that a fellow hobbyist collector and an artist producing them will increase their appeal and make them more sought after than some of the other reissues. For sure, I am down on a crusader. Absolutely. Um, Christina also announced that fellowship is planned again to happen in 2019, the date to be determined, but not so near to Briarfest next time. This is a really fun event with lots of reminiscing stories of clinkies liberated or just missed stories about beautiful, rare pieces admired in collections owned by people that were not able to attend. The spirit of was a camaraderie and seeing the Maureen Love Museum section was simply awe inspiring. There are even original decorator stations from the Hagen Renneker factory that have been moved to Tennessee. Just amazing. Wow, that sounds cool. Um, HRCC has exclusive special runs each year and membership allows for the purchase of those as well as access to the, an exclusive Facebook page, an online identification guide, newsletter, and annual and an annual which can be purchased. Even if you're not a diehard clinky collector, the club has great perks and helps access events to, and other collectors. So definitely consider that. So another thing that's coming up, it's not really a hobby thing, um, but it's a live horse thing. If you can go to the World Equestrian Games, which are be taking place in September in uh, Tryon, North Carolina. Um, I'm sure Briar will be there. They were at the the, Bri- the Wagon, Kentucky, a couple years ago. Um, but uh, if you get a chance to go there, you should definitely go there. Um, it's going to be amazing. International level competition. Um of the big five FEI events. Um, do you got anything to add about that, Heather? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it only comes here every four years. Uh, well, I think it come, it's every four to, years, but it's not necessarily here. No. And, and, and it's been in Vegas mm-hmm. and uh, no, that's no, it's been in Kentucky and Tryon are the only two times it's been in America. I thought they did a wagon Vegas. No, they've done the, the dressage, uh, championships. They've never done a wagon Vegas. That would be interesting. Okay. Well, I could have sworn no. they did a wagon base, but but at any rate, uh, it, it's you know Tryon had to scramble in. Uh, you know Tryon's kind of pastoral. It's a little town. Uh, it wasn't the original venue for this this year. It wasn't either. the original venue. <laughs> um, but if you get a chance, go. I mean, it's it's it, you know it is the best of the best. You are not going to see. It's like Rolex. Oh yeah, and people you know, you people just, ride at Rolex will be there at the event. Yeah, the people that go to Rolex, and Rolex is just three day. Yeah. You know, it's not the it's not the you know it's not the combined drive and, and vaulting yeah, and the raining and CDI and, and, and yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good time. So so as if I know, 
So yeah, so check it out uh, if if you're in any of the surrounding states to to southeastern North Carolina. Check Excellent. it out. Yeah. Um, and then also in September, and I had not heard about this, but the Stone Horse Murder Mystery. Yeah, so Man, to Briar that's Fest, so loaded. <laughs> it is totally is. It's uh, like I've talked before that I have had ambitions to write a book about a murder <laughs> mystery center around the model horse hobby because it's just too real. <laughs> uh, I could write that now. More so, yeah, probably, <laughs> certainly could. You know, a few years ago with Nan yeah. with oh, uh, Nam. This should be. You know, what? we'll have to have an episode that's a radio play. <laughs> <laughs> who who was talking about that? Someone was talking about that. Oh, talking about what? A radio play? Doing a radio play? I don't know. We I can't we remember who it was, it. but Kate Cabot. Yeah, that makes sense. Kate Cabot. Yeah. Kate Cabot was talking about reviving uh, uh, the Shark Hole series. Oh Her, hers. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll with the radio play. But anyway, <laughs> the Stone Horse Murder Mystery. I, I guess they're having a show, and then the dinner is a murder mystery. Yeah, that's what I that's what I get from the that's, basics. I'm not sure that's, that's hilarious. That's uh, murder in Amish country. That's, I can't even. Sneed <laughs> Harrison Ford, <laughs> and then uh, the 15th annual All Quarter Horse Congress Model Horse Show just announced sold out. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Kim was Kim was going to advertise on the podcast, and I was, you know, I was all, you know, great, Kim. No, give me she can't because she's got nothing feedback, to back, and she was like, she's got nothing to sell. Well, she, no, she knew, yeah. she knew. She was like, oh, we can't go on the show that's going out. Well, it's going to sell out before <laughs> that. <laughs> so maybe just say something nice about us. So here we go. So, um, never been to this show, but I have heard lots and lots and lots of great things about it. Um, it's just never a show that's fallen on a weekend that I can get away. Um, or if it is a weekend, I can get away. It sells out in 22 seconds. It's those people plotting against <laughs> I you. Oh, it's a conspiracy. I'm Psst, telling you. Jackie Arts. It's, <laughs> it's Jackie Rossi. <laughs> um, so it's been, but I, that's why it's a good show. Um, and if, if you're going, hooray, yeah, good, good, excellent, have fun. People rave about mm-hmm. this show. So, uh, New Jersey, New Jersey girls, let's do the Voltron thing and unite and get Jackie to this show in 2019. Assuming Jackie's not working on that weekend in 2019. <laughs> oh. All right. All right. Uh, and the last thing we have is Barb Ness. Uh, uh, many people journeyed to California to go to the horse she wants, Clinky Mayhem. And uh, Barb's got a great uh, interview with me about uh, the goings on there. So uh, here we go with that. Hi, everybody. This is Heather from Mares in Black, and I am on the phone with Barb Ness. And she attended uh, this spring's Clinky Mayhem, a China event in California. And uh, she's going to share with us her, her uh, impressions of the event and what went on. So welcome, Barb. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, and let us know what Clinky Mayhem is, was exactly, and will, will there ever be another one? There, Clinky Mayhem was a gathering in Los An- uh, the outskirts of Los Angeles, California. Clinky collectors came from all over the country to participate in the rehoming of the ceramic collection of Karen Grimm. Okay, and uh, at this gathering, for those who don't know, uh, who was Karen Grimm? Karen was an incredible woman. She was a pioneer in the model horse world, and she was a a real-life 
horsewoman with world-class Appaloosas. Uh, she was a breeder of Appaloosas. She collected model horses in all their forms, uh, Briars, Heartlands, Hayden Renickers, Eswicks, and she spent uh, decades with her BFF, Heather Wells, all over California, Nevada, Arizona, hunting down and liberating uh, vintage models. Uh, Karen was also a dealer for both Briar and for Hagen Renneker. She was one of the pioneering people who sold Northlight. Um, and when Hagen Renneker discontinued their line of large DW horses and animals, Karen actually bought their factory out of the remaining inventory of those models. And then later on, she went into, she was the first person who went to China and produced her own line of resin model horses done to her own specifications that focused a lot on, on Appaloosas, but she also did some other models, Arabians and Morgans, uh, ponies. She was an incredible woman. Right. Um, and Karen, uh, for those who don't know, the, the collection, the resin line she's talking about is Black Horse Ranch, and they are still very competitive um, in the show rings, particularly in performance. She also yeah. had somewhat of a model horse museum in, on her property, did she not? She did, and she had, I want to say her collection was over 10,000 pieces, and Jeez. from what I understand, she had like a two-story pole barn, and on the second floor, it was completely, probably like a 20 by 40 pole barn, and the whole second floor was large glass cases that showcased her collection. There's photos of that online. We can probably find a link to that, um, and it was amazing. I had never seen it in person, but I had seen it virtually. So, and a lot of this collection is coming from that, right? I know that the, the horse you want sells the plastic at Briarfest. Um, and the China had, was brought to Clinky Mayhem, and that's where that's all, that's all coming from. That huge. Um, that's right. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think Heather Wells, who is the horse you want on Facebook, that was she formed that group in order to disperse Karen's collection, uh, primarily to fund the retirement of several of Karen's older Appaloosa horses that were not sold or given to other Appaloosa breeders in the real horse world. So that's where the proceeds are going, correct? That's that's to help her her husband uh, and uh, fund that's those right. Appaloosas that are still living I, on the property? Yeah, I believe there's something in the neighborhood of a dozen elder statesmen of the Appaloosa breed that are in Nevada uh, living out their golden years, and this is going to fund the, that. So the, the mayhem was put together by Heather Wells and her husband Mike and Jody Berkowitz, who a lot of people know from Poor Horse, and her husband Craig. Yes. Um, it, so they had a huge crew of volunteers that helped them. Right. I mean, it was incredible. Just Paul Francis, Christina Lucas Francis, Kim Giorgio Thorne, Gail Good, Lonnie Keller, Claudia Seger, John Sinkovich. I'm sure I missed some people, and I apologize, but... It was really a, a team effort that was led by Heather and Joni to put on this event. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. And we lost Karen. Uh, I don't remember when. I remember when it happened, but I don't specifically remember when. But we lost her to cancer, correct? We, we did. And I, I want to say it was seven to eight years ago, but don't don't try to – don't don't quote me exactly on that. Right. 
Right. But it was a huge, a huge loss for the hobby. It was a huge loss you know, for the whole world. A lot world. of history. You know, one of, one of the people that just absolutely is, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know who she is anymore. She's, you know, a legend. She was a legend. And, you know, it was interesting in her later years, it, it, it's, it would have been so fantastic to see Karen, where Karen went next because she was working with Joni closely and learning how to glaze herself. And, and who knows, you know, she had hundreds of bisques, I believe, in her inventory from when she bought out the Hagen Renneker factory. And uh, right. many of the items that were in the sale actually were custom glazers that she did on those bisques. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it always seemed like she was one step ahead, so it'd be, it, it would be amazing to see where she was now. She had vision, for sure. Do you have, like, some final thoughts on the, you know, the mood and, and how you thought it went and what it means? It's probably, you know, obviously going to be the only time this ever happens. So, you know, give us give us some final thoughts. For me, it was a really transformative event. I really felt like, you know, people came together in our hobby and in our nation, and it was a a very collaborative spirit. It was really hope and harmony. People were there for each other. They were rooting for each other. They were helping each other, and they were joyful, not just for themselves, but for everyone who was there. It was a great remembrance of Karen. It was a great tribute to her, and I think it was a tribute to our hobby, uh, and I felt really hopeful for, you know, I know there's a lot of things that are going on in our hobby right now that are somewhat divisive, but it gives me hope that, you know, we all have several things in common. We can work through our differences, and, and that's what I came out of it with. I just came out of it with this great sense of we have a great group of people in our hobby with a lot of spirit, and we can move forward. Well, that's awesome. I think that's great, Barb. Um it's really encouraging when, um, you know, a big group of, of women with shared interests come together. And, and, and there, I know there was some speculation whether Clinky Mayhem was going to be a positive experience or not. Um, so it's, so it's, it's really great to hear that it was, it was so supportive and the camaraderie was real. And, you know, there yeah. was it because, you know, it could have gone the other way. So it definitely, it definitely could have. I mean, we've seen examples. So it, it was amazing. It really was, and I'm, and I really, I enjoyed it, and I, I send, you know, prayers of thanks to Karen up there in heaven, and to Heather Wells and Joni Berkowitz for what they fostered, and everybody, and to all the participants for, you know, for having that, for keeping that sense of spirit in mind during the whole event. It was, it was a tribute to them. So great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing us that with us, Barb. This went way longer than I thought it would, but it's all good stuff. So, so uh, I'm glad. Thanks so much. Thank you. And uh, and we'll stick you on the podcast on on the next first, on the next episode. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Heather. Have a good one. Thanks. Hi, everybody. This is Heather. The original Clinky Mayhem interview with Barb ended up being 35 minutes long. To hear it in its entirety, keep listening after the end of the show for all the details of the Clinky Mayhem event. 
So we're going to get ready to close the show out now. Uh, Jax, want to talk about sponsors? Sure. Um, so if you want to be a sponsor of the show um, and help us kind of pay for everything so we can get this out to all you lovely people, um, Heather's got uh, a one just a one-page sheet going over um, our rates and, you know, you can decide any kind of length. You can do shout outs. There's a lot, a lot of stuff that we can kind of do. Um, for information on that, you can give us a, drop us an email at info at maresinblack.com. Yeah. And we now have a little swag store. Yay. We do. A little swag store. Um, we've got our hats, our tote bags, um, and a limited selection of t-shirts at the moment. Um, I imagine as those sell out, we'll replenish them. Uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll yep. think about some other colors other than just black. Yeah. I'll probably do a poll uh, in a couple of weeks or maybe next week about colors people want. Um, if we want lady shirts, uh, cuts, because I, you know, I've heard that from a lot of people, uh, maybe about other items you guys might want. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's, we'll, a, there's we'll, a lot uh, of things we can. There's a lot of things we could slap a logo there's on. There's a lot of things we <laughs> could do. We still we did get to the clings, which I think would be fun. Clings bumper yeah, stickers. I think those will be a problem. Yep. Um, you got your judging blog coming up for uh, uh, Braymore Custom Slattery. Yeah. Yeah, as we mentioned yep. earlier uh, about uh, judges' notes, the the mind of the judge, mm. the notepad of the judge, the, the, judge. <laughs> the mind of the judge, um, and then bom, bom, bom. and now now um, that we're finally out of Briarfest season, you know, five episodes in, we're finally not going to have Briarfest <laughs> to talk about. Probably you know, until like January, and then we'll be talking about Briarfest again. But um, got some, you know, just give you kind of a preview of the kinds of things we're going to be talking about. Um, youth and novices and amateurs in the hobby and performance showing and international showing and collecting and probably doing um some hobby history stuff about influential hobbyists from back in the day and interviewing yep. people and there is a ton and ton and ton, ton of stuff to talk yeah. about business of the hobby people making mm-hmm. their living at the hobby uh you know of course, international is something what a big priority. Oh, yeah. uh, the biggest priority, and I think the thing we want to move on to next is youth. We had a lot of kids find us at Which the show, great. and well, that absolutely. was awesome. Like they're our biggest yeah. supporters. So, uh, <laughs> so we really we had. I I'm really excited about the uh, this one uh, young lady named Shay who wants to talk about YouTubing mm-hmm. Briar videos like. Uh, I met Storm. We met yep. Stormy Strike. We're, we're yeah, we're down. We got to go find Honeyheart C and and get some other people involved um, that are, are really you know on beat with the the kids in the hobby and highlight how we can um, as adults reach out and 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 bridge mm-hmm. right. So we don't lose people at fifteen and sixteen right. years and then they old. Go on to something or at else. least at the very minimum they come yeah. back. You know. That's what I did. Jackie stayed in. I went out and came back. <laughs> all right. Uh, but it, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that's uh, that's all we got for yep. the show. I think we're good for tonight. It's only 2.30 in the morning here. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 12.30 <sighs> here. I actually have to be at work at 9 uh, in the morning. I don't have to be until 2, but I have to get up. Uh, um, but it's still like, that's late for you. It's late for me. It's good. So I appreciate I appreciate you making the Thanks, effort. B. Anything for you <laughs> and our loyal audience. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that's what we got for now. Um, you guys want to get a hold of us? You can find us on Facebook at yeah. Mares in Black. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, 
we're on Twitter and we need to be better about that. Twitter's, Twitter's, Twitter's sucking yeah. bad, man. Um, or you can email us at uh, info at Mayors in Black. Uh, any comments, uh, show ideas, anything, we're willing to hear it. Yeah, let us let us know what you want to hear next. I mean, we're I think I'm pretty solid about wanting to do youth mm-hmm. next. But what about after that? The performance, the new wave of CMers? Yeah, let us, let us like, know. That, Give us know. some ideas. Give us some people yeah. to talk to. Give us some feedback. We don't have it. We don't have enough people talking. Like we, we know you're there. Mm-hmm. Talk back yeah. to us. All right. Okay. That's all we got for tonight. All right. Good night mm-hmm. on a Thursday morning from Colorado New and New Jersey. We're the pod. Represent we're the podcast for hobbyists by hobbyists. The home of the home of Briar. That's right. <laughs> all right. All right. Good night. Good night. Hey. So we're here with Stephanie Blaylock, who won the finish work. Um, part of the Briar Customs Contest with her beautiful Duende. Thank and, you, Jackie. <laughs> and Steph, how do you feel about that? I am ecstatic and shocked and honored and I don't know, I feel amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you pick that particular color? Um, I love Appaloosas. Um, I thought it would be really cool to do the fading leopard where, um, you know, the horse is born really with vibrant, dark Appaloosa spots, and then as it ages, the coat turns gray, but when the horse is wet, you can see the underlying spots, and I just thought it would be a challenge. And uh, what sort of, um, like, what kind of medium, what kind of process did you use to put him together? Um, Pastels, acrylics, um, Perlex powders, metallic paints, colored pencils. I think that's it. (laughs) (laughs) How long did he take to do? Um, he was my Nemo Pay Mo horse, so I worked oh. on him the whole month of February. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was just he a month. Was. He was. Wow. Um, lots of hours per day. <laughs> <laughs> he has the most layers of any horse I've ever painted. Oh, wow, wow, wow. So is he gonna? he's going to stay with you, be a permanent show horse forever and ever? Mm-hmm. He will stay with me with his prize model, and they might get their own cabinet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, any last kind of any last kind of thoughts? Um, thank you, Briar, for calling me and telling me I was a finalist. <laughs> <laughs> and this was even a bigger surprise. So thank you. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. Thanks, Heather. Uh, Congratulations, thank Stephanie. You. Thanks for talking. Thank you. <laughs> This is Heather from Mares and Black, and I am on the phone with Miss Bar- Barb Ness, and she attended uh, this spring's Clinky Mayhem, a China event in California, and uh, she's going to share with us her her uh, impressions of the event and what went on. So, welcome, Barb. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, and let us know what Clinky Mayhem is, was exactly, and will, will there ever be another one? Their Clinky Mayhem was a gathering in Los An- uh, the outskirts of Los Angeles, California. Um, Clinky collectors came from all over the country to participate in the rehoming of the ceramic collection of Karen Grimm. Okay, and uh, at this gathering, for those who don't know, uh, who was Karen Grimm? Karen was an incredible woman. She was a pioneer in the model horse world, and she was a a real-life horsewoman with 
world-class Appaloosas. Uh, she was a breeder of Appaloosas. She collected model horses in all their forms, uh, Briars, Heartlands, Hayden Renickers, Eswicks, and she spent uh, decades with her BFF, Heather Wells, all over California, Nevada, Arizona, hunting down and liberating uh, vintage models. Uh, Karen was also a dealer for both Briar and for Hagen Renneker. She was one of the pioneering people who sold Northlight. Um, and when Hagen Renneker discontinued their line of large DW horses and animals, Karen actually bought their factory out of the remaining inventory of those models. And then later on, she went into... She was the first person who went to China and produced her own line of resin model horses done to her own specifications that focused a lot on, on Appaloosas, but she also did some other models, Arabians and Morgans, uh, ponies. She was an incredible woman. Right. Um, and Karen, uh, for those who don't know, the, the collection, the resin line she's talking about is Black Horse Ranch. And they are still very competitive um, in the show rings, particularly in performance. She also yeah. had somewhat of a model horse museum in, on her property, did she not? She did. And she had, I want to say her collection was over 10,000 pieces. And Jeez. from what I understand, she had like a two-story pole barn. And on the second floor, it was completely, probably like a 20 by 40 pole barn. And the whole second floor was large glass cases that showcased her collection. There's photos of that online. We can probably find a link to that. Um, and it was amazing. I had never seen it in person, but I had seen it virtually. So, and a lot of this collection is coming from that, right? I know that the, the horse you want sells the plastic at Briar Fest, um, and the china had, was brought to Clinky Mayhem. And that's where that's all, that's all coming from that huge um, That's right. Yeah, and I yeah, I think Heather Wells, who is the horse you want on Facebook, that was she formed that group in order to disperse Karen's collection, uh, primarily to fund the retirement of several of Karen's older Appaloosa horses that were not sold or given to other Appaloosa breeders in the real horse world. So that's where the proceeds are going, correct? That's that's to help her her husband, uh, and, uh, fund those right. Appaloosas that are still living I, on the property? Yeah, I believe there's something in the neighborhood of a dozen elder statesmen of the Appaloosa breed that are in Nevada, uh, living out their golden years, and this is going to fund the, that. So, the, the Mayhem was put together by Heather Wells and her husband Mike and Jody Berkowitz who a lot of people know from Poor Horse and her husband, Craig. Yes. Um, it, so they had a huge crew of volunteers that helped them. Right. I mean, it was incredible. Just Paul Francis, Christina Lucas Francis, Kim Giorgio Thorne, Gail Good, Lonnie Keller, Claudia Seger, John Sinkovich. I'm sure I missed some people, and I apologize, but it was really a, a team effort that was led by Heather and Joni to put on this event. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. And we lost Karen. Uh, I don't remember when. I remember when it happened, but I don't specifically remember when. But we lost her to cancer, correct? We, we did. And I, I want to say it was seven to eight years ago, but don't 
don't try to don't don't quote me exactly on that. Right, <laughs> right. But it was a huge, a huge loss for the hobby. It, it was, was a huge loss you know, for the whole world. A lot world. of history. You know, one of, one of the people that just absolutely is. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know who she is anymore. She's you know a legend. She was a legend, and you know it was interesting in her later years. It it it's, it would have been so fantastic to see Karen where Karen went next because she was working with Joni closely and learning how to glaze herself. And and who knows, you know, she had hundreds of bisques, I believe, in her inventory from when she bought out the Hagen Renneker factory. And uh, right. many of the items that were in the sale actually were custom glazers that she did on those bisques. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it always seemed like she was one step ahead, so it'd be, it, it would be amazing to see where she was now. She had vision, for sure. So tell us more specifically about the events at uh, Mayhem. Let's start with Friday. So Friday was, there There was kind of a prequel to Mayhem, and that was a tour of the W.K. Kellogg Library at Cal Poly Pomona. So that happened um, on Thursday, one group went, Thursday afternoon, and Friday morning, another group went. So the sale, actually, of the collection began Friday evening, and there were 86 collectors from all over the country wow. who came and, yeah, who bought tickets. You had to purchase a ticket and be a, a participating, you know, member to get into the Friday night event. Um, so there were 86-ish people gathered out kind of in this lobby area outside of a ballroom, and, I mean, it was just, like, electric. You know, everybody was talking and it loudly, and it was exciting. Everybody was, you know, anticipating what was going to happen. They pulled numbers to figure out who was going to go in first, and they divided everybody up into groups first of, I think it was groups of eight, and then they pulled numbers to decide which group got to go first. And so, you know, while that was going on, everybody, ah, blah, blah, blah. so yeah. um, it, it was pretty amazing uh, atmosphere. Um, on your first trip through the sale room, you got to pick one model. Um, wow. Yep. And then, uh, and as you can imagine, there were 86 people, so it took uh, quite a while to kind of cycle those folks through. And then, of course, everybody had to go through checkout. Uh, while they were, when they were leaving with their model. So the rest of us all kind of gathered at the exit of that ballroom and waited to see what people were coming out with. And, I mean, it was just so much fun because people were crying, people were laughing, they were squeeing, and everybody was just really excited for everybody else. Everybody was really supportive. It was, uh, it was just a great atmosphere. That's so, great. Yeah, and then they redrew the group. So the second trip through was a totally different order of of folks through the sale room. And again, you got to pick one model that you could leave with that day. Huh. So um, yeah, so and I, I would ask after the first round, they did you just keep drawing, or was there just a second trip for, and all that? Yeah, kind of so they redrew, and then there was a third trip, and they redrew again. They didn't redraw like all 86 numbers, they just redrew groups. So, like, if you were in group one, you know, maybe you got to, you went last the first go-around. Well, you might have got picked second for the second go-around. So then they lined everybody else up that way. And and it was really interesting to see what, you know, went because the custom glazes that Karen did on the Hagen-Renneker models, 
Uh, a lot of people who were there, I knew Karen, but I didn't know Karen well. But some people, they bought their first models from Karen, you know, as a bride yeah. dealer. Yeah. They were like, you know, and so they had that real personal connect- connection and they wanted something that Karen's hands touched. And so sure. uh, a lot of the custom glazes she did herself went in that first or second round. Um, definitely Karen being a Hagen Reniker dealer, she had a lot of very rare, large DW pieces that were only made for a short time late in Hagen Reniker's history of making de- designer workshop horses. Right. And so, and other animals. And so a lot of that stuff went. There were, she had, um, there was, there's a piece that Hagen Reniker did. It's a dragon. It's about seven, eight inches tall. And it, and, um, I mean, really, there's very few that were ever produced and, and got out into the world. And in that sale room, there were six of them. <laughs> All six of them went in the first two rounds. Oh, absolutely. It was oh, actually, I'm sorry, it went in the first round. Yeah. It was interesting to me to see people post what was coming out on the other end because I had an idea of what the usual suspects would be when I saw what was available. And it was not, in a lot of cases what I thought would come out. Like you said, it was the specialized pieces, the not just the rare Hagen's, but mm-hmm. the stuff that Karen had touched or the mm-hmm. animals that were so rare, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, and, it, and again, it, some of the people had a, uh, one uh, gal that I talked to, she went in and she came out with a Freeman McFarlane. Uh, there's a set of Mr. and Mrs. Fox. And they were done by Freeman McFarlane in a variety of colors, including white and like a vintage goldy color. And she came out with the Mr. and Mrs. Fox set in white. She was one of the first five people in the room. And, you know, you, so it just goes to show you, you don't know. Everybody has their own reasons for, for wanting a certain piece and you just can't really predict it because, hey, you've got your own reasons and your own thoughts and your own kind of, you know, prejudices or, or whatever you want to call them, like right. dislike biases. Yeah. 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 So it was really, it was really fun to see that. I mean, it was, you know, and there were, there were actually some really interesting Beswick pieces there as well as North Life. And right. some, uh, some of the North Lights went in the first round. Huh. Mm-hmm. So was, so was that it for Friday night? So Friday night it was all shopping. So it was, Three rounds. First two rounds. Yeah. One per <laughs> one or two in the morning by the time you guys were at. It was late. Yeah, five. five you got to pick five on your last go around. Um, and then, of course, everybody's all hyped up, so nobody wants to go to bed. So there actually was a little bit of room shopping going on afterwards. But, I mean, it was, you know, the whole, I mean, it probably, that went on for five or six hours. So, it, you know, it was a lot of, everybody was out there together and sharing and talking. It, it was a, it was like a big party. And, and really, I know one of the things that Joni and Heather wanted out of this was that they wanted it to bring clinky connect collectors together and remember Karen's spirit and remember, you know, her passion and her drive and, and to see that the courses got, you know, sent out into the world uh, on new adventures to people who would love them. And I certainly think that that's accomplished that. <laughs> Excellent. So that sounds like a really amazing start. Um, let's move on to Saturday. And, and I know that there was a super amazing panel and some great workshops. So what was what was going on with Clinky May here Saturday on, on Saturday? Was a lot. 
Yeah, that Saturday was a lot of fun events. In the uh, morning, we had a tin glazing session with Adelie Hude of Brightly Hude Studio and Joni Berkowitz. I love her. They I had, love Addie. Yeah, she does great work. And so everybody who was, Joni had made a bisque pin, and I want to say that the pin was sculpted by Sue Sifton, and it was an adorable little pony head. Um, and Addie went through a tutorial for about, I think they did it in groups, um, you know, so she would go through about a 20-minute tutorial on basically how to glaze it, and they had several different colors. You could you could pick a variety of colors, you know, you could do multiple colors, uh, and I know I really enjoyed it, and I, and I think everybody else did, too. It was something that, you know, you could learn about the process of making ceramics and and take that home with you as well as, you know, your new clinkies and your remember, <laughs> reminders of Karen. There was also uh, Christina Lucas-Francis did a seminar on how to repair your broken um, ceramic courses and items, and that was really fascinating. I mean, it, it gave a lot of people, um, I think, hope and courage to start doing restorations on their own because that's something as a, as a ceramic oh, yeah. it's always hard to find. A yeah, that's repair you know, everybody's person. always looking for a repair artist, and it's, you know, when something breaks like that, you're just like, oh. Yeah, you know? and, and Christina made it very approachable, you know, and I think, and I saw a lot of people post online afterwards that they were, starting a project, and so I think um, it's something that's, that's really going to help people, and we might get a couple of new repair artists out of it. I hope, really hope so. So that was very informative, and then I, there was a fascinating roundtable that Joni and Christina facilitated with Jim Renneker. So Jim is the son of the founders of Hagen Renneker. And he actually was their production manager up and through the 80s when they closed that major factory in San Marcos, California. So he ran all of their production for many wow. years. And so it was about kind of the history of H- Hagen Renneker and their production. And, you know, er- Hagen Renneker was a family-owned and still is a family-owned company. And it just started in like a garage in the 50s. And it went from there, they they went into multiple little buildings, um, moved locations several times, actually went under almost once. They basically discontinued operations in the late 60s. Uh, and Jim talked about kind of, you know, because collectors are always fascinated. Why did Hagen Renneker do certain colors? You know, why did you produce certain horses only certain times? And, and I mean, he he was able to answer all of those questions and and tell people, you know, it, it, it was kind of basically just like, uh, you know, eat or be eaten. So they were really scrapping all of their, all of their lives until probably the late 70s. They had to send off uh, competition uh, from, from lesser quality uh, Japanese imports in the late 50s and into the 60s, and that's what actually caused them to suspend operations in the late 60s for quite a while, and they had to reinvent themselves. They had to decide, what can we do to get back in the game? Because in the 50s, there was a point, he told us, where they had put out a notice to their customers saying, 
in like August. You need to get your Christmas orders in now because we're at full capacity and we cannot expand anymore. So we need to start making your Christmas orders now or you're not going to get them in time. <laughs> so they went from that to, you know, like having to shut down in the late 60s. And, and it was just, um, they eventually just said, hey, we need to focus on quality and detail. And so that was what you saw in the late, late 60s and early 70s is kind of they brought out a new approach, more detail, you know, more colors. And a lot of Hagen Renneker collectors are especially attracted to those pieces from the late 60s, early 70s. That was the, what they call the San Dimas era when they were producing in San Dimas, California. And you really can see the difference in sure. those pieces. Sure. So then we had that. That was a couple hours. We actually took a little break to all watch the Kentucky Derby, which was really fun with a big crowd of, of horse people. Um, and then after we had another little sales session in the afternoon um, where they, I'm sorry, they, and we did a sales session in the morning, and I can swing back to that. Saturday the sale was open to the public in the morning, so anybody could come in. Uh, you didn't have to be part of buying the package for the whole weekend. And, uh, again, they drew raffle tickets that morning to determine the per-person order that people went into the sale room. And then that basically continued on. The dinner uh, was held in Karen's uh, – it was basically a memoriam to Karen. And uh, Joni and Christina and Heather all waxed eloquent about their experiences and life and times with Karen Grimm. There was a there were several wonderful door prizes that were given away. It was really a hoot. Um, it was really fun. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds that sounds like really great. So was it there was. also there also was an auction. Was that Saturday or was that Sunday? That was yeah. There was it was basically we're on like a silent auction and the pieces were out on display on Friday evening and then they were on display all day Saturday, and the auction ended Saturday night into the evening. I, you know, after the dinner is when the auction pieces started to end. And there were – oh, I'm going to pull up my own little uh, cheat sheet here because <laughs> there was a – yeah, there were – they actually did publish the results of the auction, and there were 26 lots in the auction – they raised just over $26,000, and there were some wow. really, really amazing pieces. Um, there were some, te- there were several Hagen Renneker test colors that were in the auction, which are um, extremely, extremely hard to come by. That's something that you never hear about. Um, there were some custom glazes by Karen. There was a Bisque Royal Worcester Hackney, which was unusual. There were two pieces that were glazed, they were actually Hagen Renneker, um, they were like the early casting of uh, of one of the Hagen Renneker horses. So in the first case, it was Daisy, which is also known as the classic Briar classic Mustang mare. That was uh, oh, a casting I love that, that Maureen... You got one, yeah, one did a, you? I did, I did. So uh, I thought there was a Hagen Renneker small Zara that was cast and glazed in a unrealistic finish by Maureen that, that, uh, you know, and I, Maureen Love is just an idol to me and to have something that 
was, you know, cast and glazed by her is really kind of the ultimate for me. So I, I was lucky enough to win that. Uh, I was also, there was a beautiful daisy that she cast and glazed in her very signature, really kind of rough, raw play finish that, that uh, Paul and Christina Lucas Francis went home with. That was amazing. There was a classic Mustang stallion in a very unusual buckskin color, something I had personally never seen before. So it's possible it came out of the the archive of the of the Hagen Ripper factory. Uh, there was a test color crusader. There was a test color of the small. Honora, they call it, the small saddlebred. And then there yeah. was the whole classic Mustang family in a test color black. <laughs> that was crazy. Two of the uh, large zillas in test colors, which are the mold that Breyer kind of modeled the Prouder Bull after. One was a glossy black, yeah. blue black, and one was a glossy chestnut. Uh, and then there was a large lying cat, which was one of those late, late Hagen-Renniker designer workshop pieces that mostly only dealers ended up with. That was kind of a, I believe, we believe it was a test out of the factory that wow. was up in the auction, as well as a Royal Worcester that Karen custom glazed herself. Good Lord. Yeah, it was amazing. I was just totally broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's how most everybody felt. <laughs> Oh, there was also a whole set of the classic Arabs, so uh, Hussein, Shiva, Sharif, that Karen glazed herself that was in the auction. So amazing, stunning, stunning, amazing pieces, which, you know, are likes of which will probably never be seen again. Yep, that's for sure. Um, So moving on, were there events on Sunday? What else went on at the event? You know, I... I kind of misled folks, but I'll just, the restoration session actually was on Sunday. Okay. So, so that you can, you know, move to say, just move it in your head. It was on Sunday. So that happened <laughs> Sunday early in the morning. The sales room was open Sunday and there were, you know, at that point, there were probably, they had Saturday night and night and Sunday, Sunday they stayed with a bunch of There was a bunch of new inventory that was in the sales room, and most of it was very reasonably priced. I mean, everything in general was very reasonably priced. Yeah, Heather, so, Heather's really good about that. She's, I've never seen anything that she's gouged. Yeah, yes. And then in fact, I, they, I think a lot of the stuff she prices way below market. Well, I I agree, and I. But, you know, it's because they want it to take, they want people to take it home and love it. Right. And have right. not have to Absolutely. repack it just, and have it Just because it's up. affordable for me doesn't mean it's affordable for everybody, it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I know a lot, like you said, people are very grateful for that. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So they did some discounting on Sunday morning, uh, and, but, I mean, and it did incent a lot of people, I think, to go in there and, uh, you know, and buy more. But I think at that point also a lot of us were like, oh, my gosh, I have to fly home tomorrow and I have to pack all this. <laughs> I saw Elizabeth LaRose's bed, like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I 12 mean, or 18 boxes on it. Like, what am I supposed to do with all this? <laughs> mm-hmm. It was crazy. I mean, I think I had 12 boxes and I think Liz had over 20. So 
it was it was fun. And then I know like Christina Harrington and Lisa Esping um, were there, and they had boxes that they needed to ship home. So we kind of collaborated. I had a car, they didn't have a car, so. I had just enough room in my car to get all the boxes, but no people. So, you know, well, it's a great thing that UPS or USPS has quick and shipped because we all did that and then right. just drove it all to the nearest post office and dropped it off. Um, and um, so that day, Sunday was, yeah, I mean, all it was a much more relaxed day. You, you would see a lot of people just kind of hanging around the hotel uh, and chit-chatting in the lobby and, chit-chatting in the restaurant and chit-chatting at the Marie Callender's restaurant across the parking lot. So it was, uh, and, and people, you know, it was really enjoyable. It was really fun. Oh, that sounds so great. So at the beginning you mentioned the hagen Rinnaker exhibit at the uh, W.K. Kellogg Library. Can you talk to us a little more about that? Yeah, sure. So Teresa Rogers, who is a L.A. Uh, resident, and she is part of the... She also runs the Model Horse Liberation Front. Exactly. Yep. And she she had worked with the librarians at the W.K. Kellogg Library to put together an exhibit about the Hagen-Renneker Corporation and what they did, and a a lot of the Arabians in particular, the Arabians that Maureen Love sculpted she used horses that were at the W.K. Kellogg or at the uh, Cal Poly there, right there in Pomona, that were once owned by the Kelloggs. The Kelloggs of Kellogg cereal fame right. had an Arabian ranch in the early 1900s and then later donated that land and all the horses to um, Cal Poly. And so... Awesome. They still have, and so they have a library there that is dedicated to W, a horse library. And so they put on an exhibit which showcased, uh, Hagen Renneker's work and the people of Hagen Renneker through the decades. And they worked very, very closely with Teresa on that. And it was an amazing exhibit. So they did a, a tour on Thursday afternoon, a group went through Tuesday, Thursday afternoon, and a group went through Friday morning. And it was, it was really stunning. I have some pictures of that, uh, but my camera died right at right as we were <laughs> getting ready to go into the library. But we saw like the Toph, which is the really large Arabian. We saw pictures of him uh, from when he was like uh, a young horse. We saw pictures of Hussein and Abu Farwa. I mean, it wow. was it was really wonderful. Really a great tour and you know, saw kind of what's in Hagen Renneker's future. There was a little bit of a preview about, you know, that kind of alluded to what was going on with Hagen Renneker, Tennessee, and Christina uh, <laughs> DeFrancis. See, now you look yeah. back and go, oh. Yep. yep. <laughs> they were trying to tell so, us. <laughs> there was a little clue, which That's was awesome. nice. But, you know, none of us were smart enough, so. <laughs> okay, well, this has been a super great rundown. Do you have, like, Final thoughts on the, you know, the mood and, and how you thought it went and what it means. It's probably, you know, obviously going to be the only time this ever happens. So, you know, give us give us some final thoughts. For me, it was a really transformative event. I really felt like, you know, people came together in our hobby and in our nation, and it was a a very collaborative spirit. It was really 
hope and harmony. People were there for each other. They were rooting for each other. They were helping each other. And they were joyful, not just for themselves, but for everyone who was there. It was a great remembrance of Karen. It was a great tribute to her. And I think it was a tribute to our hobby. Uh, and I felt really hopeful for, you know, I know there's a lot of things that are going on in our hobby right now that are somewhat divisive, but it gives me hope that, you know, we all have several things in common. We can work through our differences, and, and that's what I came out of it with. I just came out of it with this great sense of we have a great group of people in our hobby with a lot of spirit, and we can move forward. Well, that's awesome. I think that's great, Barb. Um, it's really encouraging when, um, you know, a big group of, of women with shared interests come together. And, and, and there, I know there was some speculation whether Clinky Mayhem was going to be a positive experience or not. Um, so it's, so it's, it's really great to hear that it was, it was so supportive and the camaraderie was real. And, you know, there yeah. wasn't, because, you know, it could have gone the other way. So. It definitely, it definitely could have. I mean, we've seen examples, so it, it was amazing. It really was, and I'm, and I really, I enjoyed it, and I, I send, you know, prayers of thanks to Karen up there in heaven, and to Heather Wells and Joni Berkowitz for what they fostered and everybody, and to all the participants for, you know, for having that, for keeping that sense of spirit in mind during the whole event. It was, it was a tribute to them. So great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing us that with us, Barb. This went way longer than I thought it would, but it's all good stuff. So, so I'm uh, glad. So much. Thank you. And uh, and we'll stick you on the podcast on on the next first, on the next episode. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Heather. Have a good one. Thanks.